The Rough Drafts Podcast is sponsored by Unicorn.com, the world's premier esports betting site. Bet on your favorite games like CSGO, Dota 2, and League of Legends, and earn Unicorns through successful bets, or use Unicorn's exclusive Connect program, where you can earn Unicorns just by playing some of your favorite games. Use your earnings to enter Unicorn's raffles for exciting prizes like Logitech peripherals or CSGO skins. So join Chase and Walter and prove who really is the esports gambling expert. Unicorn.com. Log on today. My name is Walter Ciades Fetchuk, and welcome back to day eight of our 2017 Summer Split EU LCS Team by Team Preview. And uh, that is about all the excitement you're going to get out of me today because uh, this team, this team, uh, this team has all the excitement of a already used whoopee cushion in a library it's not very exciting that's a really bad analogy but that's kind of how i feel about this team this team isn't like elements elements t- level tiers of bad but um but oh man i i can't think of anybody else that i'd rather i'd rather share this misery with than my good friend and the most miserable sports fan of 2017 chase redshirt king wasner chase 28-3, is that better or worse than this How team? How dare you? How is that dare better you? better or worse than this team? First of all, you can't compare one of the worst, actually probably the worst loss in NFL history to a whole season of what we're going to see from Ninjas in Pajamas. But look, you say nobody's excited. I can tell you one person who I know is excited, and that would be my mom. She loves the name Ninjas in Pajamas. She calls them the Pajama Boys. She always asks me how they're doing because she forgot that they got relegated like two years ago. But she's all in. She's so glad that this brand is back in League of Legends. And I am glad that the Ninjas and Pajamas as a brand are back in League of Legends. Like Compared to Origin, this team is leagues better than that. This is a competitive roster. This has players that you that we can like and say have talent that deserves to be on an LCS stage. Like There are good things here. And... It's an organization that understands esports and is much more likely to provide a, a strong infrastructure, an environment where these players can grow and improve, certainly more so than we had from either of the teams that got relegated last split. Mm-hmm. So I'm not nearly as down on them as you are as far as the long run is concerned. As uh, the great economist once said, uh, John Maynard Keynes, in the long run, we'll all be dead. Uh, in the long run... We'll see if this team is dead because the short run's going to be rough. It's going to be a rough few weeks throughout this LCS split. But, you know, let's let's talk about it because this is a team that literally has players that have never played before in any real or meaningful capacity. So let, I, I think we have to I, break it down here. I, what? 
That there's one player on this team that has never played before in any real or meaning. No, I mean capacity. played together. Like these oh. these players have never played as a group. I don't even think have any of these guys been on the same roster. I don't uh, think any. I of think them have... I think Shook and Spraddle were on Elements together. That's that's true, but like barely. But like so, yeah, it was for it was for like a hot second. But let, yeah, let's let's look at this roster. Uh, Profit, the SKT top lane sub who I believe appeared in only like, I don't know what six games. It was a literal f- nine games. Nine games. Nine games in the LCS, uh, or the LCK spring split, uh, you know, subbing off for, for Hooney a couple times before that. He was on Young Glory in the LSPL, uh, and he is not uh, was not Nahoon levels of bad, but I do see quite a bit of red um, in, in that kind of run with them. Uh, so he's their top laner. Uh, we have Shook. As in, I can't believe Shook is still on a team. I'm so shook up. Uh, I thought he shook that habit off a while ago. But yeah, he's here. Apparently, long-term European brands just really love to shake things up with Shook. That's such a... And speaking of long-term players uh, that have been around for a while, Nagne is uh, is coming out of the word work. He was also in the LSPL on Wang Yu, uh, also known as the team Kakao was on after he left Korea. Uh, and then after he left the LPL, and before he played for Misfits, that that random LSPL team, Hiku, who played on Giants Gaming last split, and Sprottle, who is in the Challenger scene, and it goes to show you how poorly I think of this team when Hiku is the player that has had the most recent professional league level of experience. That should tell you something, Chase. I mean, what does it tell you? I mean, it tells me that you're clearly discarding Profit's nine games as being wholly irrelevant. Yes, he was on SKT. Yes, he was surrounded by a whole bunch of talent. But he did play in Korea. He's a a high ELO player, someone that was well-regarded in solo queue and was well-regarded enough to be on the SKT roster in the first place. So that's a guy who you have to imagine is going to be the star that they build around. He is going to be the center in many ways just kind of like what – Someday was to Dignitas. That's the guy they're going to be funneling resources into. That's the guy that they believe is going to be able to carry them through. Now, the difference between Someday and Profit is that Someday had multiple years of experience okay. that okay. backed Thank up you. this evidence, Thank you. whereas Profit's done it for about nine games. And that's a huge difference. It's a huge difference to say, you know, this is, you know, one player played in the Korean experience, had all these different tournaments, played on the big stage, had all the pressure of being that guy. Profit has never had to be the guy because in any game that he played for SKT, either they already had a lead or they knew it was a best of three series and he could be rotated out if things went horribly wrong. That is a very different way to play. And, and the pressures on him are going to be very different as a result. I think Nagne is someone that I'm interested in tentatively to see how he does uh he obviously did not do anything in the recent split he did nothing in the 2017 spring split uh he did nothing in the 2016 spring split and that split in the chinese challenger league wasn't particularly great but this guy was a world championship level mid laner all of a year and a half ago he was one of the better players on that kt rolster team he surprised a lot of people with how well he played in that tournament. Is it going to last? Probably not. It doesn't seem like he's been that guy in the last year and a half. But if you're a Ninjas and Pajamas fan, those are the pieces you get into. You say that these are two Koreans with either 
very successful but limited experience or a good chunk of experience but very mixed and some of the most recent stuff isn't particularly great, that's something. That is something to base a roster on. It's not the Fnatic Academy roster, which is the spot that they bought. They didn't base anything off of the team that proved that they were LCS ready, which is an interesting choice given the quality of players that they found around these Koreans. But it's something. I, I'm i more interested than you, I think, in, in how this team goes. I think that the biggest problem that they're going to have is that none of these guys have any synergy with each other to speak of. They will have had very little time to practice, if any time to practice, because all these moves were made so quickly. This is going to suck for a good chunk of time while they figure each other out. It's going to be, in the best case scenario, the kind of path that Rocket took last split, where these players did not look like a cookies of hole, went 0-7, barely dragged their way across the finish line in a win over Origin, and then slowly turned uphill from there. And uh, when that's your best-case scenario, things have gone awry. I think that's fair to say. Well, that was, um, that was a thought. That was, that was a collection of, of thoughts put together. Um, I didn't expect, you know, the, the, the whole I set you up as this miserable sports fan chase, and you're like, no, I'm going to be cautiously optimistic about yeah. this team where their presumably best player has nine professional games in a professional league of experience. And I get Details. that LSTL Details, well. is, a pretty, is a pretty substantial challenger scene. It's a pretty substantial competition. It is a pure secondary league behind the LPL in a way that, that I don't think that the, the, the Challengers Korea, I don't think that either of the uh, Challenger series in North America or Europe, and, and probably certainly not uh, the Challenger series that exists in Taiwan or any of the uh, other uh, minor regions beyond Taiwan. Um, yeah, I get it. I get it. He was pretty good in nine games. I get it. Um, but Chase, we haven't only seen nine games of Shook, and we haven't only seen nine games of Sprattle, and we haven't only seen nine games of Hikyu, but Hikyu's the one I'm willing to give a pass on, and then Sprattle would be the next one if I was going to give a pass on. Um, Shook and Sprattle. Yeah. I, I, you, you just talked optimistically about it, now kill all of their dreams. Tell me about Shook and Sprattle. Let me be clear. The best case scenario I painted for you guys was a team that still didn't make the playoffs and still was a miserable team to watch for at least half the split. And that's assuming that we see leaps forward in the European players that we have simply just not seen from them throughout their careers. Uh, you say you give Hikyu a pass. I don't. And maybe people are going to say that I'm too harsh, that he didn't have a lot around him. But, I mean, 2.5 KDA... Uh, lost lane on average by 6.9 CS at 10 minutes. Uh, his damage per minute numbers in the late game, 392. That's atrocious for an AD carry. He died way too often as the first member of his team to fall in a team fight. What is he doing for you? What are you accomplishing with Hikyu as your AD carry? I have no idea. The fact that you've paired him with Sprottle, aka Pro Miss Q, back when he was uh, at his previous name, a guy who looked atrocious during his era on Shulk that happened at the end of 2016, that looked pretty weak on anything that wasn't Lulu, 
in the 2017 spring split on Paris Saint-Germain. I mean, the, the difference between his Lulu and, and the next closest support is just massive. Mostly because you don't really have to worry about skill shots so much with Lulu. You just hit shields and you're good to go. So I have no faith in him and I have no faith in Shook. And Shook, I can tell you right now, is very mad that I said that. He's probably mad at a whole bunch of people who say that he's not good. This is a guy who's very confident in himself and, and good on him. Somebody needs to be, I suppose, because what we've seen on the stage is a guy that really struggles and has specifically struggled on champions that we expect to be a big part of this upcoming meta. You mentioned on a previous episode that Elise is a champion that is being played a lot right now. Uh, his Elise stats in the 2016 summer split, uh, 1.21 KDA on Elise during five games in which he played that champion. It was the second most played champion he had, uh, and he looked quite bad if you want to say oh but he played it in the spring too right okay so he played six games on in the spring that was a 2.73 kda so uh yeah not good uh there have been very few champions i would say in recent years his, his nidalee is one nidalee isn't really played right now uh his gragas is another uh gragas is something that maybe we'll see a little bit of play but outside of those two champions he did nothing in 2016 that would make you think that he was an LCS-level jungler. There's a reason Vitality benched him halfway through the split, and he wasn't around in the 2017 spring split. So what you have here is a team that has these two players that I can get really excited about. Even with the limited uh, you know, size of games that we're looking from profit, he's a guy that lived in the SKT gaming house and worked with Coma and all those guys. I'm not writing that off. I refuse to write that off. Look at the growth that every single player who has played in the SKT house has had as a result of having been there. And then name me one SKT player that has left that house and has had substantial success in the, the second part of their career. But how many of them have left and not just retired? Like, Bengi left, I guess. Bengi would be the one. Marin, Bengi, Marin's still good. Mine's still a good player. Uh, Impact, is the, Impact is the top Easy top player on the second best team in North America. Most of the players you named have done just fine for themselves. I I will disagree with that harshly, but we'll move on. I, I, I think that Nogne had a lot of upside during his time as well in the LCK. He was better than people gave him credit for. On Victor and Azir. He was the yeah. Victor Azir player, and then he had to play LeBlanc. So... One of those champions is played with any even remote consistently currently. And, and we, again, we bring up the University League of Legends uh, championships that are going on right now. We bring up uh, Demacia Cup. Like, I, I don't see no Victor. I certainly haven't seen any Azir for a very, very long time. Like, I, I are just... Are saying uh, mid-Malzahar isn't going to be a thing? Because that was his best champion in the LSPL 2016 Is Malzahar even a champion anymore? Is he, yes. Is Malzahar even really a champion anymore? Do Played significantly at, at the support position, even at MSI. What are you talking about? Listen. Stop it. Listen. Stop it. I, uh, I, I, nothing about this team even remotely excites me. <laughs> nothing. There's nothing. This is a team that I look at and I just go, why do I ever want to watch a game they play other than maybe profit? And even then, it's going to be like two games, just like at the beginning of the year with Dignitas in the spring. I'm going to watch two games of someday and go, oh, poor guy, he really can't carry this. That's a shame. And then I'm going to stop watching because I don't want to watch him get murdered constantly. Like, I, 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 not, nothing here. There's nothing of any substance here. 
Walter, you're leaving your best argument on the table here. Nico the Pico's their head coach. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, so for, I, like, I mean, the guy I, that they have now said, yeah, we got confidence in him. Based on what? what? This is a guy who was so bad that Fnatic decided, hey, you know this manager guy that doesn't have any coaching experience up to this point? We would much rather put him in there and tell Reckless, play whatever the hell you want. Because that would be a significant step up from anything that Nico the Pico was doing. There is, a, there is zero evidence that Nico the Pico knows how to develop talent. There is zero evidence that Nico the Pico knows how to best build a composition around his strongest players. How many times did I come on this podcast in the last split and complain about the fact that they were putting Caps in a terrible position and they weren't playing nearly enough around Reckless despite him being their best player until they got rid of Nico the Pico and then did exactly that throughout the playoffs and looked significantly better as a result? Why am I supposed to believe that he's going to understand how to best use Prophet and Nagne and how to shore up some of the weaknesses of Shook, EQ, and Sprattle and at least in EQ state you know, help him get to the next level if we're supposed to believe that he's this young player who has potential and was just shortchanged by being in a terrible Giants gaming system. And I don't agree with that argument, but if you're a Ninjas and Pajamas fan, you have to have, that's what you have to be selling yourself on with Hikyu, right? And I don't know how Nico the Pico does that, right? It, it feels like this team is destined to be a Mendoza line challenger team. Their goal is just to be good enough to not get relegated. And we've seen rosters like that before, and I think the good news for Ninjas and Pajamas is there's a good chance that they can win that best player on the Rift argument in a Challenger Series game because Profit might genuinely be that good depending on who you listen to and how much you take solo queue stuff into account, how much you take playing an SKT system into account. Nogne could be a very strong mid laner compared to EU Challenger mid laners. They might be fine in that regard. On an LCS stage, I expect Shook to get punished all the time. I expect the bot lane, especially in this meta, to get their teeth kicked in. And I expect Nico the Pico to be outdrafted and outsmarted by every other coach that's about to be on this stage, other than, I, I guess we don't really know that much about Givas yet, but I have more faith in a guy that I literally know nothing about than I do in anything I've seen in Nico the Pico's career. So, yeah, I mean, that that's really the argument that I would use against me. I um, just handed you that see, one for free, see, I suppose. See, the prosecution rests. Um, <laughs> I have nothing else to say. Uh, the problem is that part of my brain has melted away. The part that Nico the Pico is still a head coach, it just completely melted away because I don't want to live in a world where a guy who has absolutely proven that he... I, I I dislike Weldon Green greatly. I dislike Weldon Green greatly. Dislike him greatly. But dude, if I had been Ninjas in Pajamas, I would have been backing up the Brinks truck for Weldon Green to bring him over and be my coach. And then you bring some secondary schmuck to be the on-stage actual strategy coach. Whatever. But like, I, I prosecution rests. It's time for the verdict. We're going to go to our foreman. That is uh, Mr. Wassenaar. Mr. Wassenaar. In the case of the Ninjas in Pajamas against the 2017 European LCS Summer Split, how do you find the defendant? I find the defendant firmly in ninth place. I think it's going to be a fight between them and Mysterious Monkeys to see who gets ninth. I think both of them are going to be at the bottom of their 
standings. I think they're both going to be not very good. I think it's going to be very rough splits for both of them. And I think that Ninjas in Pajamas are going to be the less fun of the two to watch because their strategies are going to be so one-dimensional. And the difference between those two teams and which one gets ninth and which one gets tenth is ultimately going to be how good are Profit and not Nick. I think that if they are as good as I think they can be, that team is going to be better than the Mysterious Monkeys. I think if they take any step back or if they take this EU part of their career as a vacation in which they get to make a lot of money on a Western stage and call it a day, uh, then they're 10. But I think that it's the battle for ninth is real. I, I don't see them doing any better than that, especially in this group. They have a lot of strong teams in that group, and I don't expect them to be really stage ready for the first six weeks of the season. I expect the the fact that they have not had any time to practice it's a good together. Thing Europe has ten. Yeah, I mean, it just seems very rushed and thrown together at the last minute. Uh, I'm not sure, ultimately, what that leaves for them. It's going to be very interesting to see if Ninjas and Pajamas regrets buying the spot before the summer split, uh, when now they could get relegated and find themselves on the other end of things. But hey, we'll see. Profit Nagne cross my fingers for you please there are a lot of nip fans in the world man they already are suffering enough heartbreak now that their csgo team is terrible please please be decent be relevant in some uh, way uh no please. i'm just gonna say no and just i'm just gonna twist the knife on the ninjas pajamas fans a little more i am reading verbatim off of the lol esports wiki on ninjas and pajamas formation of ninjas and pajamas in May 2013, the Ninjas and Pajamas organization created their first League of Legends team by acquiring the former roster of Copenhagen Wolves, including Bjergsen, Vipicio, The Tess, Sven Skarin, and Me Godbro. Preseason 4. At the Spring Split Promotion Tournament in December 2013, Ninjas and Pajamas announced their intent to face Kytus Mayon team of Poland in their match. Although NMT was heavy favorites, KMT won in a 3-0 sweep. And, the N and NIP was denied a spot in the Season 4 Spring Split of the European League Championship Series. They then failed two more times. No, no, no. One. Yeah. Two more times to make it into the Challenger scene to Reason, or to Millennium, and to the Unicorns of Love. And that, my friends, is what it's like to be a Ninjas and Pajamas fan in League of Legends. Uh, enjoy your 10th place. You guys can find me at C80s underscore LOL. Uh, I don't care about this team. Please get them off my screen. Chase? You can find me at RedshirtKing. I want to hear from people who are excited about this team. All three of you out there, uh, let me know. I'm, I'd love to hear why. I, I'm very interested in seeing if there is some upside that you think we're just missing. I, I don't know, man. I, I, I just don't know, man. Yeah, this is that's that's enough of this. Let's I, let's I just, move on to a better well, team. Well, uh, we're gonna move on to a team I, I'm actually reasonably excited for, uh, because unlike the Ninjas of Pajamas, I like some young up and coming kind of talent, and, and a guy that has finally, finally made it into the LCS after qualifying and never being kept on his teams. I assume Chase has a reason for each one of those times, but until tomorrow. Goodbye, Internet.
Hey there, C80s here. Thanks for checking out the podcast. And if you enjoyed today's episode, consider supporting us at www.patreon.com backslash roughdraftspod. For just a dollar a month, you can join your fellow listeners in our patron-only Discord channel and help keep the content coming, or join our VIP club, where a dollar a show or eight bucks a month gets you first priority on all patron content, like our patron-only Q&As. And check us out on all of our social media, Twitter, at RoughDraftsPod, Facebook.com, backslash RoughDraftsPod, SoundCloud.com, backslash EsportsRoughDrafts, as well as on iTunes and YouTube by just searching for the Rough Drafts Podcast. Thanks for listening, and goodbye, Internet.